You're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're joined on the show by the state controller, Long Island Democrat Tom DiNapoli, to talk about the recently adopted state budget. Welcome back to the show, controller. Dave, it is always great to be back on your show. It's our pleasure to have you. So this budget appears to represent business as usual in Albany with the sense of there's no painful fiscal choices on the taxing or spending side of the equation. Was that a mistake based on the financial indicators we're starting to see and indicators that are not a surprise, which are less than stellar revenue figures uh, for the state's coffers? Well, I would say a couple things. Uh, First of all, the legislation of the governor did make some important choices on spending in areas that I think New Yorkers really care about, particularly with, with regard to the big cost areas are always education, health care. And, and this year, add in new money for mental health services, which I think we would all agree is, has been an area of underinvestment for a long period of time. I, I do think, you know, as you know, and we've talked about it on your show in the past, we, we have been flashing the yellow uh, cautionary light about where uh, the economy and, by extension, the revenues were going. And I do think it's fair to say that uh, on the spending side, it's a bigger budget even than last year. So, you know, $229 billion is, a, you know, an, another historic high. On the plus side, though, that, I, you know, I have to give credit for is that the commitment to build up the reserve funds, uh, the statutory reserves and the informal reserves, they have followed through on that commitment. So, you know, so I would say, you know, should there have been a bit more caution on the spending side? Probably. The fact that they built up the reserves, though, gives us that cushion, which, as we see, as you appropriately point out, here we are, we have numbers just for the first month of the new fiscal year, April, and we see revenues are down. Certainly, we knew they'd be down compared to last year. They're down even lower than the most recent projections. Whether that is going to be a trend that's going to hold up for the rest of the year, too soon to tell. A lot of uncertainty out there with the economy, as we all know. But those reserve funds can be used to offset drops in revenue, at least in in the short term. But I do think, you know, bottom line, the optimism of a few months ago because of the strong revenue picture that we had and tax revenue generally coming in higher than projections – that's not there right now. And and so the need to carefully monitor the trends on on revenue and on spending uh, is more urgent now than it was, uh, you know, when the budget process started. So it's a, it's a different climate right now, for sure. If revenue projections are down moving forward, is there a threshold for which state lawmakers and the governor should feel comfortable tapping into these rainy day reserves that they've been investing in? Or does it seem like the path we're on now is still a far cry from the, I don't know, weathery conditions that would require us to actually uh, tap into reserves? I, I think it's too soon to answer that. You know, we, we only have one month's worth, worth of numbers in. But if the trend continues, um, I, I think what it means in the short run in terms of executive actions, you know, by the governor and the agencies, they're going to have to be careful about the level of spending uh, that is, in fact, implemented. And then because certainly people will still want to see uh, services to be fulfilled, that's when, and I don't have a specific number to give you a trigger point, we probably have to, you know, give some thought to that. But that's where um, using some of those reserves, obviously, first of all, the informal reserves, uh, to keep the budget in balance will be key. I think that what it also means, because as we as we know, the months fly by quickly, the out-year budget gaps that were initially projected, 
are probably going to be even larger. What The next step that we're still waiting for is an update on the state financial plan, and then we'll really have a clearer picture of what those out-year budget gaps will be. But I, I think certainly – you know, the federal money, the federal relief money is certainly being spent down as we move forward and the uncertainty in the economy and what that will do to, to revenues. I think we're going to have a much tougher budget cycle next year, probably the year after that as well. And look, you know, we, as we all know from the headlines, expenditures that hadn't been fully anticipated related to the whole issue of, of migrants, the cost that that's putting on New York City and New York State and localities, that's one of those not fully accounted for uh, costs that, that that have to be dealt with at some point. So you know, there's a fair amount of uncertainty out there, especially you know with the economy. Are we headed to a recession? What will that mean? How will Wall Street perform this year? In more, of most immediate concern, this whole debt ceiling issue and gridlock in Washington that we're seeing right now, if that falls apart, what will that do to the markets and then revenues uh, coming to us and federal payments? I mean, there's a lot out there that could really negatively impact on the budget short term and certainly long term. So on your office's website, there's a tool designed to let New Yorkers track the spending of federal COVID dollars. And there's also a quote on that page about your office's commitment to full transparency and government spending. So in light of the technical know-how that your team has demonstrated and that openness philosophy in that quote, what are your plans to ensure New Yorkers are kept abreast of how $1 billion of state money is spent to aid asylum seekers uh, in New York right now? Well, we're looking at that. I mean, one of, one of the limitations of the site we have now and looking at any other spending is, you know, what kind of detail do we get from division of budget? And, and, and much of that money is being talked about to go to New York City to reimburse them for some of their expenditures. So, so it really does become a question of what, what, you know, what level of detail can we get uh, as far as that federal money? Even now with the federal tracker on the relief, it, it's kind of a more global number. It doesn't doesn't get down to exactly how much that money is going to which locality. As an example, we, we, we're, we're trying to get more of that data, but uh, we don't we don't have a direct control on that data. So we're, we're looking at that question. Obviously, the migrant issue is a hot topic now, and uh, certainly, as you uh, correctly point out, we we like to put a priority on transparency and accountability. So because of you know the various inquiries we're getting about it, you know I asked my team to see to what extent can we. Uh, track that with with the uh, you know as much detail as possible, but we're still trying to figure out exactly what that's going to look like. Well, for listeners just joining us, you're listening to the Capitol Press Room, and we're speaking with State Controller Tom DiNapoli. And I'm curious how, if at all, this budget continues trends uh, of past budgets that have been used to circumvent restrictions uh, designed to make borrowing uh, impossible or, or require the voter uh, approval of borrowing. Well, I, th- I think it's fair to say that that many of the debt practices that you know I've been critical of in the past, you know, have continued. So I, I don't think there's anything in there that gives the voters more direct say, which is something that I think is very important. You know, the the, the loopholes that have been used in the past to get around the Debt Reform Act, you know, that continues. You know, so I do think you know this whole issue of how we manage debt, how we account for it, and how do we better control it, and 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 
restore more power to voters uh, is still an issue that needs to be tackled. Unfortunately, you know, we put forward a rather detailed debt reform proposal earlier this year. I can't say it got a whole lot of attention, particularly among uh, the legislators. Obviously, they were preoccupied with the budget, but I think that's 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 a a too long delayed discussion that really needs to happen. And listeners can hear that conversation with the controller in the Capitol Press Room archives, which you can find at capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite New York State government podcasts. So this budget, when you think about the investment it makes in the workforce, is there any reason to believe that the state could potentially avoid uh, continually growing overtime costs, which your office noted uh, hit an all-time high in 2022? That is a concern because there there are certain um, agencies, particularly that, that always, whether it's a, a good time or a bad time, uh, rack up way too much in overtime. And I do think it gets to the question of, of appropriate staffing levels. And I do think we have some of our agencies that could have have a healthier uh, staffing level. One of the issues that I think many of our state agencies are facing, and Dave, I have to say that includes the Office of State Controller, uh, is that it's been a lot harder uh, to recruit and hire people these days. I mean, you know, you're hearing that in the private sector. We're seeing it in government as well. There aren't former state lawmakers that are looking for jobs that you can hire? <laughs> well, um, I don't know that we've had any new ones <laughs> of late in that category, but you never know. There might even be some former press people. Who knows? But uh, <laughs> touché, touché. <laughs> but, you know, I think that's an issue, you know, that's out there generally, for, you know, for, for employers, and that includes the state. Uh, and especially during COVID, you know, we had a fair number of retirements, and we've had some real challenges in backfilling some of those positions. And I think you're seeing that in some of the other agencies as well. The problem with the overtime is that it's a premium cost, number one. Number two, which sometimes isn't fully appreciated, uh, that also impacts long-term you know, pension calculations because the, the employees earn uh, the overtime. So uh, in, in many cases, that will, will have an impact as far as their final calculation you know, with their pension. So there are a lot of issues related to overtime, and that's why we put out that report. I guess we do it annually now uh, to really you know, have folks say, you know, what are the overtime trends and the agencies that are particularly high? What are you doing to bring the overtime costs down? So this year, the Hochul administration is in the process of putting together some sort of cap and invest program, and the invest part of that is going to result in potentially hundreds of millions of dollars of expenditures into workforce, into climate mitigation efforts. And I'm curious what oversight, if any, your office will get of this uh, climate action fund that we've been getting some of the bare bones details of from this state budget. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the question, right? Is is we're just learning about you know the details, so I don't really know at this point what oversight role we will have. Um, one would hope that we would have one, but I think you're seeing a lot more focus on a lot more commentary. I know in the TU this week there was a column, so uh, how that money is going to be spent, you know, whether they're going to address some of the issues of equity that are out there is another question. What our role will be, I, I think that's something we're still trying to navigate. Well, finally, we're speaking in the waning days of the legislative session. Are there any outstanding issues that you're looking for lawmakers to tackle? Or from your perspective as the state controller, is your wish list empty? Well, you know, our biggest wish list, as you know, uh, had to do with our contract oversight. And, and that 
you know, was successfully resolved at the very, very end of, of, of last year. Unfortunately, in, in the budget, there, there was a little, little bit of chipping away, not like, not like in the past and certainly not going totally backwards. So, uh, you know, I guess at this point, my, my main attitude is do no harm. Uh, so, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're hoping for no uh, last-minute surprises. I don't, I don't have a particular uh, controller wish list at this point. You know, I, I I just think that given how long the budget process went, I, I, my my sense is that uh, folks uh, are probably not going to hang around too much past the uh, you know the schedule. That being said, there there are obviously a fair number of, of big issues that may not get resolved this uh, this session. Whether they come back later in the year uh, or save it for next year remains to be seen. Yeah. I've- don't really imagine they're going to stick around for my birthday celebration on June 9th. I think they're going to probably get out of Dodge uh, at the scheduled end at June 8th. Well, I this is a, a that's a nice way of of reminding me that I need to wish you a, a early happy birthday on this show. So early happy birthday for June 9th. Well, thank you very much, State Controller, for that and for joining us, uh, listeners. We've been speaking with State Controller Tom DiNapoli. Uh Tom, thank you so much. All right, Dave. Good to talk with you. And for more Capital Press Room content, visit capitalpressroom.org or wherever you download your favorite podcasts. And if you listen to us from an Apple device, make sure to leave us a rating and a review so it helps other people find the show. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capitol Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.